available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everybody, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site of the Scout.com network. And I am Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site of the Scout.com network. And we are the Podcast of Champions, talking about Pac-12 football each and every week. You can find us on our website, pac12podcast.com. You can tweet us uh, out there on the interwebs at pac12podcast or email us pac12podcast at gmail.com. You can even leave us a voicemail, 641 715 3900 extension 734 972. We're on iTunes. We're on uh, Google Play, Audio Boom, any place you can get a podcast. Just search for us. And if you don't find us, let us know. Drop us an email and we'll make sure we get on those platforms. We want to be out there for the people, Dave. We want to make sure we're available. Yeah. And Ryan is in charge of all of that. Um, <laughs> I, I provide my voice talent, meager as it is. And, um, and then Ryan does, uh, does pretty much all of that. <laughs> uh, I, I thought about tweeting from the Pac-12 podcast uh, Twitter handle, though. Like, I did. thought about it this weekend. That's good. I mean, that's that's progress. Dude, that's a step. Next week, I might even throw out one. You don't know. Uh, yeah. You have no idea. But you do love the snarky tweets. I mean, we both do. I'm, oh. I'm not saying I don't either. But you, So that's why there's a, it's tempting there to be able to tweet out there, especially with some weird stuff going on in the Pac-12. Oh, yeah. And it's all weird stuff. In the Pac-12, there is one good team, and then a lot of um, a lot of other stuff going on, and it's a lot of fun to watch. It definitely is. Um, there's a few notes I wanted to share, Dave. Uh, so you mentioned that one good team, Washington, uh, yep. Washington and Washington State. They're both five and zero in league play. So that's the first time that's happened since 1997. Uh, they both started five and zero that year. The Huskies and the Cougars. They're both ranked in the AP Top 25 because Washington State snuck in there despite their loss to Eastern Washington at the start of the season. Uh, in the same week, that's the first time that's happened since se- September 28th, 2003. So the Apple wow. Cup being as big as it is, like this, it's not been this way lately, at least. Wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, and hopefully it shapes up that way. It got a little dicey for, for Washington State last weekend, as we predicted. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's shaping up that way. I don't know that Washington, I mean, Washington State, you know, they still got a, we'll get into it a little bit going forward, but they've still got a little bit of a tough road. Uh, there's a, there's an at Colorado looming on the schedule in a couple of weeks that's going to potentially be a game changer for them. But yeah, that Apple Cup, regardless at this point, is shaping up to be, I mean, probably the game in the North this year, right? I mean, I don't think there's another, you know, North matchup that would be of as much significance as that one potentially could be. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we thought it would be like the, the Oregon Stanford game. Usually that's the Oregon Stanford game for this year is the, the Apple Cup and, uh, <laughs> the Oregon Stanford game. Did you see this? It's going to be played at 1 p.m. on the Pac 12 network. Wow. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. That's... How the mighty have fallen. Man, I would have never. That's, that's probably the weirdest thing that's happened to the Pac 12 in a decade. <laughs> that's yeah. Great. Maybe well, not. I think that's, that was the early word. I'm actually not sure if that's official yet, but that was the early word. So, no. yeah. um, 
so we got that. And the I wanted to mention the Pac-12 Players of the Week uh, from Oregon on offense, uh, Justin Herbert. And we were talking about that. Did they pronounce it A-Bear or any weird kind of pronounce? But he had, he said, well, I think it was the Oregon record day for uh, total yards or whatever, or all-purpose yards or something. Like, he had over 500. So more than, like, Mar- Mariota ever had. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. he looks really good. Uh, so that's from Oregon. So in Washington had the defensive players and special teams players. So Azeem Victor, who, uh, I think he had 16 tackles, like 10 solo tackles, uh, in the win over Utah. So he got the defensive player. And then Dante Pettis, uh, for Washington, who basically won them the game with that punt return for a touchdown at the end. So, uh, pretty good. You know, it, it was all in the North, uh, Oregon and two Washington players for Pac-12 players of the week. Very cool. Very cool. Deserving for Washington. That was a, uh, we'll get to this in a second, but that was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I guess we'll, so we'll start with our, um, game recaps. And, uh, so we, the way we've been doing the format, if you guys don't know, we'll recap the games kind of in the order that they were played. And then for the preview, uh, for week 10, I believe it is now, um, we will do our, uh, we'll reverse, we'll go reverse order, uh, revealing the, uh, ever popular uh, podcast of champions power rankings which didn't change a whole lot from last week but we'll get into that in a little bit but let's start with uh i guess the game previews and and first up was the thursday game dave our game recap yeah. sorry uh usc hosted california and beat them 45 to 24 yeah this was um it, it was kind of strange so usc was very clearly the better team overall i mean even if cal had had like three weeks of rest i think usc would have won this game they didn't cal had six days um five days really between their friday night game the previous week and then thursday night game uh this week um but even still even knowing usc was the much better team this was still kind of a game pretty late um which was a little bit shocking there was like no reason why what did the lead get down to at one point uh yeah it was usc i think think it was six or something or i mean it was it was in like within a score i believe it was usc 28 and cal 17 at one point and honestly at at that point in the game everyone was like this is kind of a game and it really really shouldn't be because (laughs) to that point usc had just completely dominated play um it was just once again just kind of simple mistakes here and there but i thought this was probably Given that Justin Davis was still out, I mean, you probably could have run for a lot on that Cal rush defense, <laughs> but given that Justin Davis is still out, this was a dominant rushing performance from USC. Um, I thought, you know, even though it was Cal's defense, I thought this was probably their best overall offensive performance of the season. Um, I thought kind of put it all together. Um, the passing game was working pretty, pretty darn well with Sam Darnold and the rushing game. I, I, obviously, this was their best performance of the year, but I thought it was, uh, Probably USC's best overall offensive performance. I agree. I mean, this is, uh, there was just a whole lot of space to run through. And, um, you had two different backs for USC get their career high. Uh, you know, Ronald Jones over 200 yards, Aka Cedric Ware over 100 yards. Um, and, uh, yeah, Ronald Jones was like fifth in the nation in rushing, uh, that week, you know, for that week, 232 yards, whatever it was, something like that. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, there was a lot of space to run, but, you know, turnovers, three different turnovers, a couple fumbles and an interception by, uh, Sam Darnold. And then, um, uh, 13 penalties for, I think, 125 yards. So there was a lot of mistakes, uh, in the game. And I think that's part of the reason why I kept it close. We both picked, uh, Cal getting 16 and a half. 
the line actually went up to 20 uh, kickoff, and they, they end up winning by 21. So Vegas definitely knows what they're talking about. But I, I would say, at least the way I was thinking this game would go, I got it wrong. I thought Cal would score a little more. I didn't think USC would score as much. Um, but, you know, even with all those penalties and turnovers, I mean, USC should have scored even more uh, than they did. Um, so it was, you know, we definitely were wrong. It was it was a 21-point win, but it looked like, Dave, like you said, it probably should have been for more. I mean, the Trojans left points on the table all over the place. Yeah, very much so. I mean, they could have they could have easily put up a 60 spot on Cal. Um, for Cal's purposes, I thought, you know, if they were a little bit, you know, more well-rested, maybe this, I don't know, maybe they would have looked a little bit more competitive. But as it was, you know, their, their running game was okay in this one. Uh, it wasn't consistent. Um, but Kalfani Muhammad, you have to like the way he runs. He's a really, really explosive player. Um, and he's going to do some nice things for them. Davis Webb still didn't look sharp. Um, I know he was kind of nursing a hand injury. Um, and he didn't look perfectly sharp in this one. Um, but I, you know, I just think it was a mismatch athletically. I think USC was just there. I think when USC is playing like this, they're pretty hard to beat. I think it's going to actually be an interesting game between USC and Washington in a couple of weeks because, you know, USC's playing, and when USC kind of gets that um, front runner mentality and they start playing with a little bit of momentum, um, it can be tough to tough to play against them because they just have such a pronounced athletic advantage over so many teams that they play that when they actually are executing and playing fairly well, it um, it makes them tough to beat. And this was a game again where they were somewhat sloppy and they still won by three touchdowns, and uh, the game never really appeared to be super in doubt. Yeah, USC ended up with 9.3 yards per attempt passing, 8.3 yards per rush, so pretty much do whatever you wanted. But I it's was always funny. good. It's always good when you get both those numbers over eight. <laughs> I tweeted, I think, like right before Darnold. Darnold ended up throwing five touchdown passes. You know, he turned the ball over three times. But in a game where he threw five touchdowns, there were people still complaining to me. And I, I even tweeted this, like, why would USC ever throw a pass again? Just run the football every time. Um, so it was kind of like you just pick which what you wanted to do, but it just seemed like if you could just run that easily, probably just do it. Don't run. So I was, you know, people complaining, Hey, don't throw the ball so much. And Darnold threw five touchdown passes. So that's the kind of game it was. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, so yeah, now it's, uh, Cal's four and four, two and three in conference. They've, you know, I don't know if they have to scramble for bowl eligibility, but, it's not an easy slate of games remaining. Um, you know, I think Cal's probably win. I mean, Stanford's probably winnable. UCLA's winnable for sure. Um, but they've got to go both Washington schools next, which, uh, well, we'll get to one of them in a little bit here. Yeah. Um, so Cal's lost eight straight road games now. Um, they do get a home game against uh, Washington, but that's obviously not going to be easy. Um, one other note, they kept their streak alive. They've gone... Win loss, win loss, win loss, win loss this year. <laughs> so Washington, Ooh. you might be in trouble. Yeah, they. I'm not saying, but I am just saying. Cal's better at home. They win every other game. Uh, you uh-huh. know, hey, yeah, this could be it. Um, yeah. yeah. So USC's now won 13 straight in the series and 15 of 16 against Cal. Uh, so Gosh. that's not not ideal. For the Golden Bears, we thought that uh, we thought it'd be closer than that, but Dave and I were both uh, incorrect. All right, should we go to our next one? Let's do it. This was the game of the week. Uh, 
are number one in the power rankings versus number two, number four in the AP poll, and number 17, uh, Washington and Utah. Washington uh, wins a close one, 31 to 24. Yeah, this game was, I thought everything it was built to be. Um, you know, Washington probably had some advantages offensively, athletically, but Utah just clawed its way through this game. Um, it was a tie game late. Washington won on a special teams play. Uh, Dante Pettis returning a punt for a touchdown. Um, and then that, you know, after that, you know, Utah would have had to drive down the field and I think about two and a half minutes, three minutes. And that's not necessarily how Utah's offense is built, not for the, uh, for the, for the very quick drives. Um, but this was, I mean, this was just so much fun to watch. If you like watching, you know, pretty good defense, two teams that are very, very well coached, uh, going against each other. Um, Utah kind of uncharacteristically got hit with a bunch of penalties in this one. Yeah. Um, thought that kind of hurt him a little bit um but it was honestly very evenly matched and probably more evenly matched than we were maybe expecting going in um i mean i think we picked washington to cover both of us we did yeah you know reflecting on that one that's the pick i probably feel the worst about because it kind of undersells what utah is able to do especially at home um one interesting disparity in this one was that utah ran 80 plays and Washington ran 56. Wow. Uh, so they ended up with similar yardage totals, but uh, Washington did it in a much more explosive manner. Um, you know, what was in, it, Washington was actually able to run quite a bit on this Utah defense, um, a banged-up still Utah defense. Uh, Miles Gaskin was incredible watching this one, but Joe Williams was good for Utah again. Um, I would watch these two teams play again. That would be fun for me. So if Utah wants to go ahead and win the South, great. That'll be fun to watch. It would uh, be, yeah. No, this is this is this is a really fun game. I thought it was probably the best, most enjoyable game to watch in the Pac-12 this year. And it, it was definitely closer than we thought it was going to be. I thought Washington would would kind of be able to stretch it out. Troy Williams probably played a little better uh, than I thought, but they, you know, I think Utah ran the ball better. The real killer for me, if you're like if you're looking on the Washington side, all three. If I'm, I hope I'm not mistaken. This is what I was writing down and you know, kind of checking out when I was playing the game or watching the game, all three of Utah's touchdowns came when Washington got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty or a major penalty, like on third down that would have forced them into a fourth down situation. And it extended the drive. Two of them were inside the five. Um, yeah. it, was, it was weird twice. Like Utah was down at the one, then they get a false start and come back. But the, the, all three of the Utah's, you know, touchdowns came after those really critical third down penalties that extended the drive. So who knows? They could have gone for it on fourth down and got it, or you end up kicking a field goal or something. But those were, to me, those, those things kind of stood out. And then Utah usually has a special teams advantage. And I think it was the first play of the game. The opening kickoff went out of bounds from Utah. And I was like, I wonder if Washington makes a big special teams play in this game. And of course they get the, the touchdown at the end to, to win it. But those costly penalties for, for Washington in critical situations, I thought made this a closer game than it might, you know, might have been otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, those were, yeah, those, those were just, it was so weird. I, I think, uh, even the announcer was saying, um, that on that second time around when Utah scored again on the, um, on a, another penalty within like the two yard line, this is like a mirror image of the previous drive. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Utah, 
they, they definitely took advantage of a couple of the Washington mistakes. Um, it's, it's interesting. I'd love to see a stat for like the penalties that are the most impactful because Wash, uh, Utah had, you know, obviously 10 penalties. Uh, Washington only had four, but Washington, two of them led like directly to Utah touchdowns. And I'm not even sure if Utah, I think the first one, the, the score was still relatively like low and close. I, they might have kicked the field goal on that first one. Um, I think by the second time they were down enough that they had to go for it, but, uh, it did change the complexion of the game. I think, um, it, uh, it, it definitely led to Utah scoring a little bit more than they otherwise would have, but, yeah, yeah, special teams, uh, you wouldn't expect it to be Utah's bugaboo here, but it definitely was. Yeah, the third touchdown for Utah, too, uh, Washington got a roughing the passer penalty and kept that one going. So all, yeah, you know, that was right. That was right. That was crazy. Um, I mean, the just, and there was the, so those were three, like they didn't get a lot of penalties, but each one of them, like you could argue led to a touchdown, uh, three of them. And then that Browning interception, something, I mean, it was a bad, bad interception. Yeah. And then Utah went on, they, from that point for the next, whatever, 10 minutes or something, Utah had 160 yards and Washington had two. Like, that's the kind of run. At, so it's like that mistake, that one interception. Sometimes you can throw a pick and nothing happens. That interception just kind of derailed Washington as well. So they made, you know, maybe probably fewer mistakes. But each one of them, every time they made a mistake, it seemed like it was super critical. And Utah just jumped all over it. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting. Um, looking at just the way this game went, you know, it was a 14-0 Washington run to start the game, and then Utah went on a 17-0 run, and then Washington went on, uh, looks like a 10-0 run. You know, it was kind of a game of runs, sort of like a basketball game, um, which is fun because basketball season's starting. When are we talking about basketball, Ryan? I uh, don't know. We can <laughs> whatever you want. Maybe just be you because I, I don't know much about. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to do it. But yeah, really fun game. Lots of fun to watch. Uh, Washington is now has now finally had, I think, their biggest, you know, obviously they had that weird game against Arizona, but this was, I think, their biggest real test of the season. I think that was a game where they just weren't necessarily taking it super seriously. Uh, but this one was their big test, and now, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's USC at home, and uh, Col- and uh, not Colorado yet, but, uh, Washington State on the road, but uh, 8-0. 8-0, 5-0 in conference, that's, uh, that's, that's doing it right. Nothing to good sneeze point. at. I thought they yeah. represented everyone represented themselves well for game day. Did you think that was good? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought it was great. I yeah. thought it was great. Um, the Coog fan showed up in force as well, which was good. Yeah. It's important to see Coog fan. Um, yeah. Troy Williams against his old team. Like I said, I thought he played better than I, than I thought I was going to. Um, Utah's d- defense has 15 picks now. That's the most in the Pac 12. And, uh, one, one last note on this. I, you know, Washington's usually really good at getting pressure with their front four without having to blitz, but they didn't get a lot of pressure in this one. So I think that's, that was the other thing that if you normally rely on those front four to get pressure, I thought the Utah offensive line did a lot better job, not allowing that to happen. So Washington on defense had to try to do some different things. Yeah. I would say um, Utah's offensive line is sneakily, maybe not the best in the pac 12, but it's definitely in the conversation. Yeah. All right. Moving on? Yeah, move on. So that was a great, great one. That was on FS1. Uh, next up. So this was, this was kind of the weird start. And I think this was like the two o'clock start on Pac-12 networks. Um, Oregon 54, Arizona State, uh, 35. Yeah. Speaking of games that were, again, a lot closer 
than they necessarily should have been. Um, this one was, let me get this right. I was watching this one fairly closely. Yeah, because uh, this is the one we had different. <laughs> yeah, this is the one. Yeah, I was watching this one fairly closely for very important reasons. Um, Oregon, at one point in this game, led only 33-28. And to that point, they basically dominated this game. Um, Justin Herbert, uh, as we talked about up top, had a crazy game. Um, 31 of 42 for 489 yards and four touchdowns as a freshman. Again, a freshman playing like that. Um, the Oregon rushing attack was pretty much as good as always. Um, Tony Brooks James had a huge breakout game, nine carries for 132 yards. Um, I mean, here, here's a good stat. Justin Herbert passing alone outgained all of Arizona State. Wow. Like, he had 489 yards, and Arizona State had a total of 468. Jeez. So it was it was just kind of a strange, weird game. Um, Oregon it was close, though. Late. It was so close yeah. for a while. I was, we were both watching, like, I'm like, come on, you got to beat the spread. <laughs> well, and it's, it's just so weird. If you look at the box score, trying to figure out what happened, because um, Oregon's, Oregon also won the, the turnover battle by quite a bit. Uh, they had one fumble lost. Arizona State threw three interceptions. Of course, some of that was just Dylan Sterling Cole trying to make things happen late. But um, this was this was definitely just kind of a, a strange, weird game. Um, but I, I think from Oregon's perspective, at least they can hang their hat on something. And with Herbert playing pretty well, um, looking actually a lot better right now than Dakota Prukop looked at the beginning of the year, they can hang their hat on their offense. It wasn't necessarily a concern because I think by any statistical metric they're still like top 10 but i think he puts them back into that uber elite territory um he's playing really really well right now of course this is a this is a very bad arizona state secondary um but i i think they can certainly hang their hat on their offense now um i think for arizona state's perspective you know dylan sterling cole's final stat line doesn't look any good at all 21 of 38 for a touchdown and three interceptions but if you watched this game until the very end when he was just trying to make stuff happen he played pretty darn well, yeah. looked in command, threw the ball well. Um, he throws a really nice ball. And I mean, I, I think the future is pretty bright there. He's a true freshman who wasn't even expecting to play this year, thrust into a starting role. Um, and, you know, if you watched him a couple weeks ago when he had to come in for a game, he he looked completely lost, didn't know what he was doing out there. But he's clearly gotten coached up in the last couple of weeks. So I think if you're an Arizona State fan, you got, you got to be excited about the future there. I mean, obviously this season is kind of just, you know, trending downward rapidly, but um, I think the future is pretty bright at quarterback for Arizona State. I really liked what I saw. I liked what I saw to both of these quarterbacks. I just thought Sterling Cole is in a little bit trickier of a position, but um, I, I thought there were bright spots definitely for both teams. Like for Arizona State being in this game when they probably shouldn't have been was probably a big bright spot for them. Yeah, I mean, for both teams, you wonder if Arizona State's quarterbacks could have stayed healthy. You don't have to start like three different guys. For for Oregon, if you if they decided to go with Herbert to start instead of trying to do the rent a quarterback thing again, where you know where would they be development? Because you're seeing him mature and get better as that goes on. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, but yeah, it was an entertaining game, and I think you know I think I felt that even if the game ended up within eight points, the spread was eight. Um, I felt like just the way, like you said, Oregon was just playing better. And I thought they, they just looked better. They looked like they were more on the rise and Arizona State was still kind of staying the same or or downtrending a little bit. But it still didn't matter, you know, winning all the yards and the turnover battle and stuff. 
it was still close for a lot of the ways, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have felt as bad, Dave, because it just, Oregon was playing the, the more the way I expected. I'm really curious to see what they look like coming up this weekend uh, in the Coliseum, but they are playing better. They get their first, uh, Pac-12 win, which is just weird to say, but it is, you know, um, and this, you know, this is a team that they finished strong at the end, you know, before maybe they do it again with their freshman quarterback. I'm not sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting going forward for Arizona State. Um, you know, I, I don't know, obviously, what their health situation is going to be. They've got two very, very tough games against Utah and Washington coming up, and then a pretty winnable game against Arizona. It'd be great for them to end up bowl eligible, given all the injuries they've had this year. Um, but it's been a it's been a tough road. They've now lost three straight, four of the last five after starting the year four and it kind of reminds me a little bit of what was that year for Cal? Was that two years ago where they started out like four and zero and then one, then like lost five or six straight? It's kind of reminded me of that. The uh, th- that was the eleven was it last year, right? They're eleven and one. Well, uh, it was two years in a row, but okay. the the I want to say last year they they were a little bit more consistent. Uh, I know that's a crazy thing to say about a team that probably went on a four four game losing streak last year, but yeah, last year they went. Oh, yeah, it was last year. One, two, three, four, <laughs> five. Yeah, so five. They went five and zero, oh, and then they were five and four. Yeah. Um, so kind of similar to that. Did they do the same thing in 2014? Okay, yeah, they did the same sort of thing in 2014. They were four and one, and then they were four and four, and then they finished five and seven. So, yeah. Okay, so I, I, I'm sorry, Arizona State. I didn't mean to compare you to Cal, but that. <laughs> Kind of what it reminded me of off the bat. Now, what about these copper uniforms or whatever? Like the was it a copper helmet or what? Did you see those? Like, that, <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was weird. weird. I don't know. I'm not much of a sartorialist with this stuff, but um, I didn't think it looked very good. Not, uh, yeah, not my favorite thing. A uh, couple notes. Did you see the duck was dressed up as a bear? Yeah, that was either awful or great. I think it's more awful, but maybe it's a little great. I'm not sure. It's pretty high level commentary. If they were making commentary on Oregon wearing cows uniforms from like a few weeks ago, <laughs> that yeah, could be it. Right. That, well, that, that was also the Oregon game, so I don't even know. Yeah. Anyway, interesting. Uh, okay, so here's a couple notes I took. Duck. So the the Oregon Ducks kicker had hit three field goals all season. He had f- hit three in the first half uh, in this one. So that I thought that was kind of strange. Um, there was a, a key interception from Arizona State. Uh, right before the half, uh, that gave Oregon the ball in plus territory. And then, uh, they were up. Uh, so wait, no, I think my note got cut off there. I don't remember what I was going to say about that, but there was, I remember that interception. Um, and now we I don't are remember a what well-oiled machine here. This is terrible. Podcast of champions. I think I deleted my, uh, half of my note there. <laughs> I take notes. To, I'm watching the games. I'm taking notes. And sometimes yeah. I, I write down gibberish, but. <laughs> there was a, okay, so there was a weird one. Oregon was up 30 to 14. So this is positive spread territory. So I'm looking at, are they beating the spread or not? So that's what I'm always thinking about because this is right. very important to us that we uh-huh. get things right. Um, Oregon fake punted in their own territory when they're up a couple of scores and they got it. Um, but they went on and, and missed the field goal anyway. But I thought that was interesting. I like the, that they were really, Still playing Oregon football, doing the weird kind of stuff, you know, that, that, that they do a lot. Um, yeah. Okay. That's all I got for notes. Sorry. <laughs> that was, right, not, that was, fun. That was that not was... very smooth. <laughs> all right. Who are we moving on to? Okay. Let's move on. We got next up. Uh, this was 
a crazy, crazy Pac-12 after dark on ESPN2. Uh, Washington State, 35. Oregon State, 31. Oh, man. And this was at the point where I desperately needed some wins because I was rocking an 0-3 against the spread going into this one. And then Oregon State does me right, jumps out to a 24-6 to lead. I'm feeling pretty good at that point. I'm feeling pretty good about our, our sort of, you know, allusion to the idea that Oregon State could win this game. Um, Washington State came roaring back, roaring back in the third quarter. Um, you know, I, I think Oregon State kind of just spent whatever it had, you know, unloaded a little bit and uh, didn't necessarily have as much in the tank for the second half to deal with that explosive Washington State offense. But this was a fun game. Um, Oregon State, you know, they gave it their best shot, and I think they are much, much more competitive than they've been in the past, uh, or at least last year. Um, it wasn't enough, but you gotta like the performance from Marcus McMarion, who's basically their third string guy. Second string, depends on what you wanted to call it. Uh, Ryan Nall came back and looked great in this one. Uh, Oregon State overall averaged 6.1 yards per carry. And did a pretty decent job against Washington State's rushing attack. Um, Washington State got a little bit going in the second half, but for the first half, they were holding them down pretty well. Um, I think Oregon State's defense is much improved. I think I wasn't expecting them to be able to generate this kind of offense um, with, you know, essentially a backup quarterback, and they did it. Um, and Washington State continues to be kind of a weird, unpredictable team. Um, though, again, we predicted this one fairly well. Uh, they... Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, there was some joke on Twitter. You know, maybe they just convinced themselves they were playing an FCS team because Oregon State's <laughs> not very good. Uh, but it was, uh, you know, Washington State, it was a gutty win to pull it out um, on the road. You know, Corvallis, if you've ever been up there, not an easy environment to win no. games. Um, even when Oregon State's not very good, it's not an easy environment. Um, there are some rowdy fans up there. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, it's not going to look pretty for Washington State, but it was a nice win to pull this one out because Oregon State was definitely raring to go at the beginning. They were. I mean, they came out on fire, and uh, they were celebrating 75, the 75th anniversary of their Rose Bowl title. Um, and it was the only Rose Bowl, I believe, played not in Pasadena because of World War II. So it was in uh, – I think they played it at Duke. They beat Duke. I think they had to play is like, it – Is it really the Rose Bowl if it's not played <laughs> – at the Rose Bowl? Well, for, you know, when you got the, the out. Look, the, I'm not, I'm not trying to crap on somebody's 75th tradition. <laughs> Just go for it. It's fine. The Axis powers are bombing. Yeah, they were worried about like J the Japanese bombing the West Coast. So I think that's why they moved it. Um, yeah, but Oregon State just came out on fire. I think they, they, they ended up missing like a field goal in the first drive, but then Ryan Nall had an 89 <laughs> run for a touchdown. They put up 232 yards in the first quarter alone. The bees were just like on fire. Um, they did a throwback, you know, to the wide receiver touchdown, put the beavers up 21 nothing. And they were just, they were just blazing, you know, um, Washington state, you know, you, you think, okay, well, they got to get something going. The start of the second half, they, uh, failed at a fake punt attempt on their own end of the field. So it just seemed like, all right, the first half is good for Oregon state. The second half is going to start that way. As well, but no, Washington State, then they got 235 yards of offense in the third quarter, and it just completely flipped. And at that point, you're like, okay, this one, this one's over. Uh, Oregon State tried their own fake punt, that failed, and it just <laughs> went down. Um, it just went downhill from there. So yeah, it's, you know, they ended up winning. It, you know, it was a close game. Uh, they kept it, you know, Oregon State certainly kept it close, but 
just to give up that that big of a lead and that much momentum just all at once, just to completely switch, especially when you start off in the second half and it's on a good note. It was just so weird. I was just I felt so bad because the fans were into it. You could tell they were going to get a win over Washington State. Washington State probably deserved to lose a Pac-12 game at some point, you know, and they don't. They go to five and zero conference play, and Oregon State is is close, but no cigar. Yeah, and it was really unfortunate because I mean that first, yeah, that first fake punt for Washington State, first very weird, just real, real weird. Um, but Even then for, for Oregon State not to be able to convert that into points was that's an issue. Um, you know, you get the ball at what was it? It was like Washington State's twenty-eight or something that they did that on. <laughs> I mean, that's so dumb. And and not being able to convert that into points, um, they just they just missed opportunities in the second half. But honestly, for the perspective of where Oregon State was going into this year and the whole deal with you know starting quarterback going down, Daryl Garrettson, um, being in a position where a couple of you can point to a couple of missed opportunities and they would have beaten a pretty good Washington State team at home, that's progress. I mean, it's not it's not pretty, and you would have liked to have not missed those two opportunities, but. I, I think Oregon State is very, very clearly a better team than it was a year ago. I think that's a testament to Gary Anderson, especially doing this again without Daryl Garrettson. Um, and, you know, but they missed that opportunity there. And then they had another drive. Um, I think it was right after Washington State's last touchdown where they turned it over on downs again in Washington's deep in Washington State territory. Um, after I think there was like a false start on a fourth and one. Does that yeah, sound right? I think, yeah, I think you're right. And it just, I was watching this game very closely, <laughs> um, but it just, you know, it, it was just kind of shooting themselves in the foot a little bit, but um, a lot to like about Oregon State's performance in this one. Um, obviously, the usual question marks about Washington State, just from a, you know, are they going to get up for every game standpoint? Um, but uh, this was, you know, on a, a slate of games that didn't necessarily look super exciting, this was, uh, this was another kind of fun Pac-12 game. I just, I just felt so bad, Dave. It was just like, man, you could tell, like, the tweets I'm seeing are getting retweeted from Oregon State fans, and they were just so, I mean, it was, ah, oh, they deserve this one, you know? Um, but man, if I'm not mistaken, Oregon State did not convert a third down in the second half, and they were 0 for 2 on fourth down. So that's not a recipe for success. And you didn't have any of those 89 yard run Ryan Nall touchdowns. So it was, uh, it was rough sledding in the second half. I don't know what Washington State did to adjust, but something changed, and it just was not working for the Beavs. I think it was just kind of regression to the mean. I, I thought Marcus McMarion didn't play anywhere near as well in the second half as he did in the first half. And when you don't have good quarterback play, it's hard to, you know, when you're not making explosive plays, it's hard to consistently convert those third downs just because, you know, you're not getting necessarily what you need out of the quarterback position. But overall, he played a fine game, good enough for them to win, just – you know, it didn't quite happen. So yeah, I was I was trying to watch that one pretty closely too. Uh, and then uh, going on pretty much at the same time on FS1, uh, Stanford ended up beating Arizona thirty-four to ten. Yeah, this is the one I was kind of watching just kind of secondarily uh, yeah. the whole time because I mean I, I don't mean to offend any Arizona fans out there, but they're kind of unwatchable. <laughs> I mean it's. It's pretty bad. I mean, I caught some of this, and then I watched uh, a little bit on the replay. Um, Stanford, you know, <laughs> they still weren't very good passing the ball. They still weren't very good overall offensively. Uh, but Christian McCaffrey, once again, uh, looked like his uh, self from last year. His self. I just said his self. 
let's just take a moment think about this okay himself uh christian mccaffrey looked a little bit more like himself from last year now that doesn't sound right either nothing is good everything is bad uh christian (laughs) mccaffrey was pretty good in this game uh kind of like how he looked last year um but keller chris who took over for ryan burns at quarterback didn't look good um Uh -uh. he threw under 50 percent um and had this is this is absurd. This is like SEC quarterbacking territory. <laughs> Three and a half yards per pass attempt. Well, what was Stafford's passing numbers for the day? It was it was abysmal, right? Like, yeah. So in the so here's here's the best part. Arizona completed five of twenty passes. Keller Chris completed fourteen of thirty. Right. Arizona still threw for more yards. <laughs> On five completions. On five completions, Brandon Dawkins threw for 116 yards. That's that's a thing that happened. Wow. So they, um, these two yeah. teams combined for less than 250 yards passing is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. This was – I'm kind of shocked that Stanford ended up with 34 points because this is not the kind of performance I would expect them to uh, to generate 34 points. This is, I think this was – let me look this up real quick because I don't want to say it wrong. I think this was the first game this year where Stanford went over 30 points, and that is correct. Wow. This is the highest point total after, uh, so USC was the previous highest when they scored 27. I mean, Love played well too. So I mean, you had a couple of good running backs that were going at it. Obviously, uh, poor quarterback play. And, you know, it could have been even worse. McCaffrey had a punt return for a touchdown that was called back. For if, if I'm not mistaken, it was like a penalty kind of away from the play. Yeah. Uh, but they, Stanford looked like they came out on fire. We both got this one right. Uh, we were you know, only giving up uh, five and a half points to Arizona. We both were on the, the Stanford side. But RJ, our, our buddy, our buddy RJ Abadia tweeted this early on when it looked like Stanford was just going to roll. He said Stanford's unloading a lot of frustration tonight, and I thought that was true. I mean, it just Stanford's just been struggling all year. Now you're playing uh, an opponent that's they're, they're reeling themselves, and it just looked like early on Stanford was just kind of going to pound them into submission. Then, but you know, soon after that, Arizona was making it close. Arizona cut it to fourteen to seven. Uh, they picked off Stanford, but then they end up fumbling and give it right back. So it was very Arizona of them to kind of they could have, you know, jumped on them and tied the game or whatever, but it wasn't. So it was kind of like Stanford just unloading some frustration that night. All right, you tell me which game Arizona wins to uh, pick up a win in conference, okay? You ready? Okay. At Washington State? No. No. Versus Colorado at home? No. No. At Oregon State. If this is at home, but it's at Oregon State. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I'm going to pick Oregon State in that one just straight up. I don't know what the spread's going to be, but I just, they just play so much I would better take at Oregon home. Oregon State on a neutral field right now, so I'm taking them when they're at home. Yeah. And then ASU at home. I think that might actually be the most winnable for me. They're playing at Arizona State, right? No, it's ASU at home. Or it might be a neutral site. I'm not sure. But it's it's listed as a ASU at Arizona. Okay. I have that reverse here. Um That's I mean that's that's the that, that'll be the one. Uh if they win a game in the in conference, I think that would be it. That would be my guess. But Wow. That's uh it, they won the South two years ago, and they're in real danger of going two and ten this year and zero and nine in conference. Wow, man, that's, that's ugly. That is ugly. Well, but they're getting they're getting healthier at quarterback. 
I mean, Anu Solomon and Brandon Dawkins both played in this one. Not well. They didn't look good, but they played, and that counts. Yeah, they were both in there. I don't know, man. It's just I just expected a little bit more from Arizona this year. Uh, to... A little bit more. I was expecting them to be bad. I wasn't expecting them to be this bad. No. This is this is real bad. There's still time. I mean, they could still turn around. I mean, we've seen. Uh, th- we say they're probably not going to win any of those games. I mean, they literally could win them. All, you know, they could win all of them if you, you know, it's their talent. No, they have enough talent. no, no, no one's beating my buffs. All right, <laughs> no one's doing it. Okay, we've take those words out of your mouth. We've think, seen crazier things uh, happen, but that was a, you know, an interesting week nine. Uh, our picks were not uh, great. I was three and two, so I did win you a little money. Dave was two and three, but we started off zero oh and two getting those first two wrong that we had to kind of rally. But right now we're tied dead even 28, 23 and three. So we are our picks. So are we're not quite making you money when you factor in the VIG. No, for, I think we're that minute. Yeah. We're five games over 500 or whatever. Right. So, I mean, that's, yeah. if you're doing like friendly bets with somebody where you don't have to pay the house anything, we might still be making you money. No, we should still be like, it's like 10%, right? So it's not like, uh, let's we're, see. What's we're doing percentage? better than that. Yeah. So we, We've won 28 out of how many games have we picked? 61 plus three, so 64. But the the three, you get your money back, so that's fine. Right. But so, but we're still at. It's it's not great. Not we're, great. we're almost. I think we're about there. We're at 54 ish, 55 percent. Yeah, it's not quite, but it's definitely not. Yeah, it's not quite. Uh, not quite terrible. <laughs> All right. Should we move on to the uh, games of this week? We do. You know, and I'm going to do something unprecedented, Dave, for week 10 because we bring the the noise. We started to, okay. We, we really go through a a arduous process to come up with our power rankings. And now that I'm looking at it, I'm not sure I like where I have Stanford versus Arizona State. I think they should probably be switched. Do you do it? Do it. Do it. Don't even ask me. Just do it. Okay. I'm going to switch that. So then I'm going to do this on the fly. Okay, so that would mean our number eight team is... Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> and uh, they are on a bye. Um, but yeah, I, we, we had that before. I had them at number seven. really didn't move them. But they're, you know, two and four in conference. Stanford's three and Trending three. very downward. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're just the trending and stuff, too. It, it seems like that would be... Uh, oh, I forgot we do, we're doing our Pac-12 Roundup. It's such a joke operation right now. <laughs> um, but you don't, have any, you don't have any problem with that, with moving those guys around a little no, bit? No, of course not. Of course not. It's all rearranging deck chairs on this Titanic that is the Pac-12 Conference. Okay. So let's go to, so now it's going to be our uh, number 17. Stanford Cardinal. And they will be hosting the number 11 team. Oregon State Beavers. This might be the game where I'm most conflicted this week. So this one's on at 12.30 on uh, Fox Sports 1. Oregon State going at Stanford. Stanford is favored by 14 and a half. Um, Oregon State is a very different team on the road versus at home. So you have to factor that in. But Stanford... I mean, have they blown out anybody this year? No, because they haven't scored more than 34 points. The closest thing to a blowout was them beating Arizona by 24. 
Otherwise, they have played, I mean, USC, they beat by 17 points, which is looking more and more inexplicable by the week. They beat Kansas State by 13. They beat UCLA by 9, but it was kind of a fake 9 because it was on a strip sack fumble at the very end. They scored another touchdown. They don't blow teams out. Oregon State's looked a little bit scrappy. Um, but again, Oregon State looked bad on the road against Washington. But frankly, the Stanford team looked bad on the road against Washington. And I could talk myself in circles about this forever. I'm taking Oregon State. I'm taking the points. I don't feel good about it, but I'm liking that extra half point I'm getting. Um, I think Stanford wins it by 13, uh, but I, I think Oregon State uh, covers this 14 and a half. I think just the way that when Ryan Nall is healthy and the way he's running the football, it would just help Oregon State to keep this closer. Now, they definitely don't play the same way on the road as they do at home. Uh, it's not like Stanford gets some great home field advantage. It's just, you're not, you're not getting the, the advantage you have that in Corvallis. Um, Stanford did take out their frustrations last week, uh, against Arizona. Does that continue? Um, you know, with the passing game as bad as it's been, uh, it's just too many points for me, Dave. Like it just, it's a math problem in my mind. It's like 14 and a half is a lot. And I could see Stanford winning by 21 or 20. I mean, just by a lot. And Oregon State just completely laying an egg. But I think more times than not, this game's just going to be closer than that. It's going to be closer than a two-touchdown game. I, I don't think it's likely Oregon State gets a win on the road here. But I think it's fairly likely they keep it close at least. So, uh man, I just want to see the Oregon State from the first half against Washington State and not the second half because that team would lose by 100. <laughs> so not, that yeah. team was just awful. And frankly, Oregon State's defense is a lot better than Arizona's. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, they've got an average defense, which is a lot better than Arizona's. And Stanford was only able to put up 34 points, and their passing attacks still looked like trash against a bad, bad defense. So, yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say this right now. Wouldn't be shocked if Oregon State won. Would not be oh. shocked. Oh, um, right. But I, I, I think Stanford wins. But um, I think this is going to be a closer game than 14 and a half. Okay. I'll agree with you there. I'll take uh, Oregon State. Man, just. It's just hurt me on the road, Dave, to, you know, but that's a lot, a lot, a lot of points. Especially, again, a team that hasn't scored well at all this year. Yeah. Stanford, just some notes. Stanford's won the last six meetings in this game. Uh, Oregon State's six losses this year are all to bowl eligible teams. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and Stanford's only given up one touchdown in the last three games on defense. So maybe that's where the, you know, the big spreads coming in. I'm not sure. I'm going to say this. Oregon State may be the best two and six team in the country. Sure. <laughs> who's, who's, who's going to fight me on that one? <laughs> who's going to fight me? And they're in the top three or four one loss, one win teams in the Pac 12, right? We got, I mean, <laughs> they lost by a score on the road at Minnesota, right? They lost by five points to Utah at home. They lost by four points to Washington State at home. Um, they covered at Washington. That counts. Yeah. Something that annoyed me, but yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. <laughs> okay, so yeah, yeah, should be a fun, fun, fun little Fox sports one game on for you at 1230 on Saturday. Cool. All right. You know, and when we think about, so what was the spread for Washington state? That was 13 and a half, right? That, the, uh, the Washington state, Oregon state. Wait, I think that was 13 and a half. The one we won, the one we picked Oregon State. 
Because Oregon State. Was it that much? Yeah, you're probably right. I think it was about 13. I think it was 13 and a half. And you're getting more against Stanford, and you, you know, Washington State beat the crap out of Stanford. So, um, I don't know. Maybe we'll see, but we'll, we'll go with that. All right. So that'll be, uh, that's our number, um, seven, number seven team now, uh, versus number 11. So next up, we have our number five team, Washington State Cougars. Taking on the bottom of the barrel in the Pac-12 power rankings, number 12. Arizona Wildcats. So if you can't get enough of Stanford, Oregon State, you can watch this one at 1 p.m. on the Pac-12 network. Arizona going at number 25 now, Washington State. But number five in the most important rankings, the Podcast of Champions power rankings. At Pullman, Washington State is favored by 16.5. And And this line, I think, has been climbing since it opened. I think it opened at Washington State minus 14, if I'm remembering correctly. So what is Uh, it now? I think it's minus 16.5 right now. Wow. So um, get it while the getting's good. Uh, I like Washington State to cover this. Um, I think, you know, they've been a weird team, um, but I think they'll be a little bit woken by that uh, performance last week where they almost lost to Oregon State on the road. I think they take out some of their frustrations on Arizona. I don't think Arizona's equipped to stop this offense, and I don't know, given their quarterback situation, whether they're equipped to even score on this defense, which isn't great, but it's decent enough. Um, I, I could see this being a pretty big blowout for Washington State. I, I think I like them somewhere in like the 44 to 17 range. Some, you know, just you know, pasting of Arizona this week. That kind of scares me because I look at this game and I'm like, I just think Washington State rolls. I just think they're going to roll them in this one. Yeah. So, But that makes me go back to go, you know what? I bet you it's going to be close. I bet you Arizona State, I mean, Arizona, Arizona plays better. But that, my my initial thought was, this is a game where Washington State, like they were rolling in the second half against Oregon State. They're going to roll through most of the game uh in this one. So that, that was my gut. So I'm going with it too, Dave. I'm going to. I'm going to take Washington State. Uh, Arizona has won uh, six of the last eight over Washington State, just so you know that. And the, the real key to this one is going to be the coin toss, because if you saw Mike Leach's press conference last week, it's it's more gold. Uh, he talks about Jamal Morrow. Morrow. Um, he doesn't pick captains. He just he puts that. He goes, all the captains do are do the coin toss. So he's got he picks the luckiest guy on his team, who he deemed to be. Jamal Morrow, who's now, according to the Pac-12, seven and one in coin tosses. So that's pretty big. Um, cause he went on the prices right and I guess had a good run and, uh, went to the showcase showdown. And, uh, so that he, so Mike Leach deemed him lucky and that's why he's the captain. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? What a lunatic that guy is. That's he's pretty the awesome. Best. I love Price is Right stories because Dave, I don't know if you know, but I made a, I, I won the showcase show and all that stuff on the Price is Right before. So that was a lot of fun. I think you've shared that maybe once or twice. Maybe. Whenever it comes maybe. up, I always have to bring it up, you know, like. Well, nope. you got it. I mean, what else are you going to do? <laughs> um, so you should be out there for the coin toss is what you're telling I'm us. I'm pretty lucky. That, that day I was lucky. Yeah. You should be brought in as a ringer for the coin toss. Um, yeah. So this is, um, it's an undefeated Pac-12 team against the defeated. A very defeated Pac-12 team, 0-5 Arizona versus 5-0 Washington State. So, <laughs> Which, yeah, when you look at the records, it just tells me, like, in the Pac-12, 
This is Pac-12 like lunchtime though, right? This isn't after dark, so maybe it won't be. Yeah. And just so everyone can feel good, um, I think the more watchable game of these two is going to be Oregon State Stanford. So without a doubt, Arizona Washington State is going to be the more watchable of the two. <laughs> Would it be a big upset if if the if this game was a it was more exciting than the Stanford Oregon State game? Well, I I don't know if it would be the biggest upset of the century, uh, as it was when UCLA and Utah turned into be turned out to be a very exciting game. But what are you gonna do? Can't win them all. All right. So next up, uh, this is our our weekday game. So we have the number four team in the podcast of champions power rankings. Colorado Buffaloes hosting the number ten team uh, coming off a of bye week. UCLA Bruins. Yeah, so this one's going to be on Thursday at 6 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Colorado opened as, uh, I think, a nine-point favorite. It has jumped to Colorado minus 12. Um, Not for any injury reason, because I think it was already known that Josh Rosen was going to be out for this game. I think it's just people are feeling pretty good about the buffs, not so good about UCLA. Um, Josh Rosen, it was announced today um, by us that uh, he will be out for the rest of the year, most likely, um, as they work through that nerve issue in his shoulder. Um, Breaking news from Dave right here on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that leaves UCLA in in the UCLA's offense in the hands of uh, fifth-year senior and former walk-on Mike Faithful. Um, Faithful hasn't been awful. Um, I, I don't think he's been anywhere near as bad as people might have expected he would be after he came in for his brief stint uh, in relief of Rosen a few weeks ago. Um, he hasn't been great. He's thrown eight touchdowns and eight interceptions, but he's made some pretty good throws at times. Um, this game's interesting for me. I'm a big Buffs guy, as everyone here knows. I've, I'm a longtime Colorado Colorado big fan. You know, I, I think everyone knows that. You're a honk him. for the Colorado yeah. Buffaloes. Yes, it's it's been for. Whew. I mean, it's probably stretching back six, maybe even seven games now. Uh, <laughs> I, I, th- I really like Colorado. Um, I'll preface this all by saying I think they win this game. Um, I, I, I feel pretty confident in that. I think Colorado is just a better team across the board. My one caveat here is UCLA kind of, but not quite to the extent that USC is, is a more athletic team than Colorado. And the same way that USC was kind of able to hurt a lot of what Colorado does offensively just because of their athleticism on defense. Um, you know, Colorado couldn't do a lot of that side to side stuff as much because USC was able to just match them and beat them to the corner, beat them to the edge all the time. Um, and you know, couldn't quite match up receivers versus that secondary. Um, I think UCLA can do that to an extent. I think they're going to limit this offense, um, this Colorado offense. The question for me, really, it just boils down to, is UCLA going to be able to score at the level they're going to need to? Because you've got to figure, Colorado's still going to score in the 20s at least. Um, is UCLA going to be able to do that against, you know, at least statistically speaking, probably the best or second best defense they've played this year? Um, and I'm not so sure of that. I, I think uh, there's still a lot of kinks to iron out offensively for UCLA. Um, they have to figure out what they want to be. You know, they threw the ball 70 times in one game. Judging by Jim Mora's commentary after that game, that's not something they want to do going forward. But they haven't shown any ability to generate a consistent rushing attack. So they're kind of in a weird middle ground. I don't like them to score a whole lot against Colorado, but I do like them to limit Colorado a little bit offensively. So I think it's going to be 
you know, Colorado winning this game something like 31-23, something in that range. Um, UCLA will get a couple of, you know, couple of field goals. They'll make some things happen, but I just think it'll be ultimately a little bit too much for UCLA's offense to, to keep pace with Colorado. This is scary because, like, before you put your pick, I wrote mine down already. I was like, 12 points, that's too much. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to take UCLA in this one. Um, I kind of expected you to pick Colorado in this one. So I'm a little shocked, but we're, we'll be on the same page. Um, the UCLA defense is good. And I think you, what you saw the last time they played was more of a, an anomaly than anything else. Um, I, I kind of get the feeling, Dave, the run game might get going a little bit better, but you know, faithful show that he can, you know, throw the football all over the place. And it, you know, maybe it's going to be more of a balanced attack. Um, I think they have to certainly get the offensive line to play a little bit better, but I think. I think this game could be ugly at times. It could be some exciting points at times, but I just feel it's going to be close either way. And, you know, even you see like I get the, the win on the road here, but I think the most likely scenario is more like a Colorado touchdown victory. So that's kind of what I'm thinking, uh, for this one, but 12 points just is too much for me. There's, there's some really good athletes, no matter what you see, you know, for UCLA, they have athletes on that team and that's why people pick them high. Um, there's potential there and, all you need is some of those guys to play pretty well. So I, I think that, you know, I could see Colorado, you know, winning big, but I more likely to me is going to be a, a closer game. So I'll take uh, UCLA in this one at 12 points. So I'm along with you, Dave. Yeah. And if it was still at that nine point, I, I would have a lot more trepidation about it. But at 12 points, I just feel it's moving, not necessarily the right way. I mean, Colorado could blow them out completely granted, but UCLA hasn't really been blown out this year. I mean, they're, they're, biggest margin of loss i think it was that stanford game i think when they lost by nine to stanford that was their biggest loss margin yeah they lost by seven to utah six to washington state three to asu nine to stanford and seven to texas a&m so this i mean are they gonna lose by 12 to colorado could happen i'm just i i don't necessarily see it at this point so we're on the same page here um colorado's the yeah, only we gotta start having some differences man yeah uh UCLA has won the last five against Colorado, right? I think that's, uh, yeah. I, think, I think that's right. And Colorado's the only Pac-12 team, uh, in the top 25 for, uh, yardage on offense and yardage allowed on defense. So that's the only Pac-12 team that's been able to do that. I thought Washington hey. would be, but that's weird. That is weird. But these are my notes from the Pac-12 that they send us. And well, there I, you go. I thought I would share. Uh, I like. so let's move on. We got a couple more to go. We have, uh, number three, USC Trojans. And they will be hosting number nine, who just got off the snide with their first Pac-12 win. Oregon Ducks. All right, so this one's kind of a weird ESPN kick time. Uh, it's on at 4 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, usually the ESPN games to the Pac-12 are late, so interesting. Uh, this one's in L.A., Oregon going at USC in years past. This would be kind of one of those titanic clashes this year. USC is favored by 17, which is a lot. That's basically what they were favored. I mean, I think it ended at they were minus 20 over Cal, but that's basically what they were favored over Cal at this time last week. I don't know how I feel about this one yet. Um, I'm gonna need you. I'm gonna need you to talk me through it. Okay. Um, that is a lot of points. And yeah. every time USC is favored by this many points, I'm just like, there's. I can't. I can't. In good conscience, say USC is going to win by that many. Um, but they've been pretty good against the spread, and I've been wrong 
picking them uh, quite a bit, I think, if I go back and look. Uh, I was wrong about what Cal would do. Cal scored, you know, 52 points the week before, and they just didn't look the same, uh, you know, playing USC. But Oregon, to me, Dave, is just more on an upswing now. Uh, they've won one in a row. That's good. Um, but the way Herbert's able to throw the ball, you know, we're not seeing much from Royce Freeman right now, but they're still able to run the football effectively. Um, I think they can do some good things and spread out the, the USC defense a little bit more, but the, the USC defense has been playing good, you know, really good. And I think that's, you know, part of the reason why the spread is this high. Um, and USC offensively has been, you know, putting up points. They've, but they've been making those mistakes. You know, I, I don't know if you can commit, excuse me, commit 12 tur I mean, uh, 12 penalties and turn the ball over three times and beat Oregon by 17. So I, I think I'm going to take Oregon in the points, Dave, even though it's on the road. I, I think that's too many points. I'm going to, I'm going to have to take them. I'm going to take the underdog here. I was hoping you would pick USC so I could pick Oregon. Um, cause I don't want to pick USC, but I want to have some differences. 17 points is a lot for me though. I mean, so I know I'll switch if you want. I don't care. <laughs> Oregon's Oregon was bad most of the year, but I mean, they've, I don't know. They were able to score a bunch against Cal, but Cal's a bad defense. They scored a bunch against ASU. ASU's a bad defense. USC's a good defense. But are they a different team than the one that lost to Washington by 49? I kind of think they are. I think they're playing better than they were then. Um, 17 points. Uh, give me Oregon. I'll take Oregon plus the 17. I don't feel good about it because I feel like I've picked every single USC game wrong this year. <laughs> um, but... And I, I think USC still makes enough mistakes, um, just fumbles, interceptions, that sort of deal, that they'll keep Oregon in this one. I think USC wins, but I think it'll be like a 10-point win, not a you know 20-plus point win, which is what this line is telling me it should be. Um, I think Oregon's offense is playing well enough right now that they can score on what's turning out to be a pretty darn good USC defense, but I think, uh, I think Oregon can score on them. So yeah, give me the ducks. I do think Oregon's going to score. I think USC will score. Well, I mean, this, this Oregon defense has not been <laughs> great. Bad. It's really bad. It's bad, but I think that, you know, playing a little bit better. It's just so many points, Dave. I don't, and it's funny. Like, so I'm watching these games with my wife and, uh, you know, I got one pack 12 game on the TV, one on my iPad. And I'm just like, you know, it's like I'm a fan, you know, cause I, you know, we pick these games and she's like, why is this so important? It's like, David, I pick these games on the podcast. We just want to be right. You know, so we're trying to, we're just, it's like, it, I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, I'm spending a lot of my time solely to find out if I'm getting these games right or not. I mean, obviously I want to know what's going on in Pac 12. We could talk about it and stuff, but it, it just becomes such an important part of my Saturday, Dave. It's pretty funny. I don't know. I don't know if your wife feels the same way or your, your girlfriend, whatever feels the same way, but it's a uh, kind of crazy. Yeah, it is. Um, it's it's very stupid when I'm up till like whatever, like late hours of the night watching these like somewhat awful Pac-12 after dark games for no reason, like no purpose but to talk on this silly podcast about our silly podcast things and occasionally be right about stuff. That's all. That's the only reason. Yeah, well, it's validation. You, you had me That's worried because you were up by three games on me, and I've come back to tie it. So that, that's that's kind of we're not. We're not here to talk about the past. We're going to go 1-0, 5-0 this week. 
We're gonna we're gonna do what we need to do and take care of business. All right. So uh, our number two team, Utah Utes. Uh, they're on a buy, so we didn't drop it all for losing to the number one team. Uh, no, not in that game. No, for sure not. No. Um. Yeah. So that was. I mean, they, they, that was a really close one. So. Okay. So the last game we have is our number one team. Of course, is uh, Washington Huskies. <laughs> they're going on the road to take on the number six team, California Golden Bears. <laughs> Somehow, Cal is still six. And that just speaks to how weird this league is below number five. Um, this one's on at 730 uh, on ESPN. So coming on after uh, USC Oregon, um, I'm guessing by the scoring in Oregon USC, this game will be starting on some other channel. But uh, so number four, Washington at eight. No going at Cal four and four Washington favored by 16 and a half in this one. Um. I'm trying to reconcile that with what I've seen of both of these teams, and I'm having a hard time doing it. Um, Washington is a significantly better team than Cal. Um, and I know Cal's offense is pretty darn good, uh, but Washington's defense is very, very good. Um, I, I, th- I think I like Washington to win in a blowout. I mean, I, I think I, I'm going to have them winning by like four touchdowns. Um, I think they're going to be able to relatively shut down Cal. Um, I, I don't think their offense is going to be able to generate a whole lot against Washington. And then I think offensively, Washington's going to be able to get whatever it wants on the ground, through the air, whatever it wants at all times. Um, yeah, I don't see a reasonable way Cal's even really in this one. I think Washington blows them out. The good news, Dave, is uh, we're going to remain tied this week. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it's with five more wins and uh no losses but yeah same thing i look at this line i'm like well i just saw usc beat this cal team by 21 um i would expect washington to win by more uh even if it's a you know road home sort of thing um and i you know i think this has hurt my picks this year when i see a team in person uh playing usc over this past month yeah. Like Arizona State came into the Coliseum and they looked like dog poop. Like it was awful. Like there was no way I could have picked them against, you know, Mercer College the next week. And then they go out and beat UCLA. So I was like completely wrong in that. Um, something happens. I don't know. Like teams just play worse when they're, when I'm, when I'm watching them play USC. So if Cal comes back and, and plays a close one against Washington, that's going to be why they just, whatever reason I watch them. And when they look like crap, then I then the next week they turn around and, and make it better. But my guess is, Dave, it's like a 28-35 point win, something like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Washington, I think, is is going to get into rolling territory here. And I think they played a close one last week against Utah. I think they're prepared to start blowing some games out again. So Cal won this game last year. Uh, mm-hmm. But UW won the previous six. Um Washington has won 11 in a row, so that's the second longest streak in the FBS behind, I think it's Alabama, has the, the number one. Um, they're also Washington's number one in turnover margin in the FBS, so they have uh, 19 takeaways, only five giveaways. And uh, they're outscoring opponents 107-7 to in the first quarter, and that's with a pretty bad first quarter against Utah. They end up scoring late in the first quarter, so they score, they, you know, 7 nothing or whatever in that one. Uh, but for the most part, Washington comes out like gangbusters. So, um, I think if you see, they start doing that against Cal. Now we've seen Washington kind of cruise 
later in the game, you know, they, they, they had the big lead for against Oregon State, then they kind of cruised. But that was a big number they were have to cover. They still won by a lot. I don't think 16 and a half is enough where, like, you would be cruising in, trying to, you know, winning by 10 or something. I think they would still want to try to be up by more than that. So that that's the only thing I'd be worried about, Dave, is if Washington kind of, like, gets up and then just starts cruising in the second half. Yeah, I think they're going to want to do some style points going forward now that we're reaching the end of the season. This is another game that will be on, you know, ESPN. So I think putting some style points up will be a thing for them. I mean, I don't think there's any scenario where an undefeated Pac-12 team um, is left out of the playoff. But if they if they drop a game, you know, later on, you know, say they're say they do drop that Apple Cup. But, um, you know, Washington State drops another one in the meantime or whatever. Um you know, they still want to be in position as a one loss team to make the playoff. And I think style points help. So, um, passing the eye test in this game and really putting it to Cal would probably be good for them. Are you okay with Stanford being seven and Cal being six? Or should we have those reversed? Yeah, let's move that. Should we move them? This is yeah. unprecedented. Has this ever happened? I mean, I don't, I, I, honestly, no, I don't feel strongly about it. Leave Cal where it is because I don't think Stanford's any good either. I don't, I, honestly, I don't think anybody's good below number five. Yeah. It's, uh, I see the argument, you know, one team being five and three and the other four and four, whatever, but that's, uh, yeah, let's, well, let's leave it like it is. Cal's got, you know, still a game to make up in the, uh, Pac 12 against Stanford. So uh, there are five teams in the Pac 12 that are like worth talking about. And it's both Washington's, it's, um, Utah, Colorado and USC. That's it at this point. Everyone else is just not very good this year. And even the four of those five teams you mentioned might not be very good. Yeah, no, we're we're really, really stretching the definition of very good. I mean, I think USC's had a good month. Washington State's had a good month and a half. Uh, Utah is just consistently decent enough. And Washington's really good. And, you know, Colorado obviously is uh, the best team in the country. Yeah. (laughs) All right, should we do our – we got a quick one from Nick. Yeah. Uh, his rundown, he likes to send it in. He goes, uh, Nick from Cyprus. First game, I was there to watch Thursday night, Cal 24. He spells it with a K. Uh, USC 45. USC defense did enough. And with Rojo too, says Ronald Jones, uh, still running as we speak. Uh, LOL, fight on right back in it for the Pac 12 title. Uh, Washington 31, Utah 24. Well, I was wrong. But then again, the special teams TD was, uh, Filled with great Pac-12 refing, missing three blocks in the back. Yeah, that was uh, there was a few blocks in the back of that one. Uh, <laughs> UW won, but USC will end the streak. Um, oh, so that's when that's a couple weeks when USC plays Washington. Arizona State thirty-five, Oregon fifty-four. Well, it looks like Oregon is fighting themselves with a new quarterback. They developed Arizona State, not great. Uh, just did well with the Powder Puff uh, OOC schedule. <laughs> Fair, Washington yeah. State. 35, Oregon State 31. Well, again, I expect Ryan and Dave to downplay Washington State winning another Pac-12 game. OSU, we did. I don't think, did we downplay it? Or? We kind of did. Okay. Yeah. At least I did. Uh, Oregon State is not garbage, but still cellar dwellers in the Pac-12 North. Um, Stanford 34, Arizona 10. Arizona has to be the worst team of the conference, and Stanford is somewhere in the middle. Fair. Arizona win. Another. I'm sorry, another win for Arizona. Wait. Another win for Arizona. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, must be another win for Stanford, I guess. In that. 
Yeah. Questions. What do you make of the Pac-12 standing uh, scheduling methods in light of Cal coach Sonny Dykes feeling towards them uh, playing back-to-back conference games in six days, both on the road? Actually, one of them was at home. Arizona's last season with no bye weeks, et cetera. Um, I think it's it's pretty awful. Um, I, I can't imagine this was very well thought out. Um, you know, Cal's has a weird slate. They had to go to Australia the beginning of the year and now they've had two uh back-to-back weekday games um with no bye week playing a team that had had a bye week in years past it seemed like the teams that play on the weekdays generally have a bye week the week before um i know for ucla's purposes i don't think they've played a game aside from that pac-12 championship um back-to-back against stanford to end the season 2012 i don't know that they've played a weekday game after anything but a bye week so it's weird that that happened um i i think for the pac-12 just because they're so hard up with the way the the network deal went i think they're taking whatever time slots they can get and just trying to fit things around it um that's my impression from watching all of these weird uh scheduling snafus um but you know arizona not having a bye week last year and then cal having this situation it seems i mean if i was a, a a fan of one of the programs that's maybe not one of the marquee programs in the league I'd be thinking that maybe you're getting a little bit of short shrift because that's what it feels like. You know, Cal's obviously not a marquee program at this point. Um, and they, they got done dirty with these two scheduling issues and, uh, Arizona, not necessarily a marquee program and had to play 12 straight games last year. So yeah, I, I, I think there are some obvious issues in the Pac 12, uh, in terms of scheduling and they need to figure them out. Yeah. And I think it's not anything, uh, I, I'm not giving the Pac 12 enough credit. I, I would give them too much credit if I'm saying they're doing any of this on purpose. I think it's just like Dave said. You're <laughs> just trying to shoot. Incompetence. Yeah. No conspiracy, just simple incompetence. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so USC to start the Pac-12 season played Stanford on the road. Six days later played Utah on the road. Now it was a Saturday and a Friday. It wasn't a, you know, Friday and a Thursday, but those are two road games. You know, the two probably toughest teams that you would think of in the Pac-12 back to back to start the, you know, Pac-12 season. So and that's a marquee program. But for, for me, with Sonny Dykes, yeah, it sucks to play two weekday games, but the Friday game was at home. So it's not that much different than a, like a Saturday morning game. I mean, you're talking like 12 hours difference or something. It's not that big of a deal. It sucks to go on the road on a Thursday. You'd like to, you know, to have that at home. But when he was bringing it up all beforehand and then the first thing in the press conference afterwards, to me, it ends up being a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, yeah, it kind of sucks, but you just kind of deal with it and you move on and you, yeah, I mean, I think there's times to talk about it, but if you start complaining about it before the game, then your players hear that, and then maybe they don't play as well. You know, to me, I didn't like the way he handled that, Dave. No, I thought I thought Dykes handled it pretty poorly. I mean, complain about it afterwards when you lose. You sound like sour grapes, but it's fine. But when you do it before a game, it gives that, you know, I don't think guys are motivated too much by what their coach says to the media previous to games, but I, I think it does put that little kernel in the back of everyone's head. Oh, no. We're going to be tired because we've yeah. only played on six days or we're only playing six days after the previous game. So I don't think he did anyone a service by doing all that before the game, but he might have felt like they were going to lose the game anyway and he wanted to preset the excuse. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how these guys work, but um, I don't think that did anything good for that team going into that game. No, I kind of thought they'd play better. Like they just scored 52 points. It's hot. Like, okay, we're going to go play another game right away. Like, I, you know, you're 20 years old. Like, you know, you can't rest for five days and be ready. So. I don't know, whatever, but um, I, I I don't think they should be in that position, but I think you can handle it better as well. 
He wants sure. to know, uh, Dave, what's the status of Mike Juarez for UCLA? Uh, he's not going to play this year, almost certainly. Um, and he's in school. Um, I haven't seen him, or he hasn't been seen out of practice. Um, and it's, I would put it still as up in the air whether he plays at UCLA or not. Um, he, he, I don't think he's been out of practice, so it's hard to, to peg him as, uh, being a contributor, but they've kept him in school from what I know. So hopefully he, uh, he's on the team next year and this is just, this just turns out to be a typical redshirt year. But, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's still, I think the, the best thing to say at this point would be that it's still uncertain. And that's probably where I'd leave it at this point. And his last question, do you guys see my vision of USC winning the South and then winning the title game? Uh, I'll go first. No, I don't, I don't see. I think it's just going to be too hard. There's um, just too many, there's yeah. just too many things that would need to happen. Um, so what is it? So USC has, well, actually it's not too many things that would need to happen. It's really just one or two. It's just one thing. Um, two things, two things that need to happen. Uh, USC needs to win out, which basically means they need to win their final really challenging game against Washington. Um, and if they do that, you know, end up at seven and two in the Pac 12 and then they need Colorado to beat Utah. Yeah. And if they do that, they'll, they'll win the South. Um, I think Colorado beating Utah is very realistic. Um, but I think the bigger issue for USC is going to be beating Washington. I think that's going to be, you know, we just talked about Washington and Utah being the game of the season. I think that given the way USC's playing right now, uh, that USC Washington game is going to be a lot of fun and very interesting. And I think that one's going to tell the tale for whether or not this ends up being a, uh, a potential South title for USC, um, which would be, I mean, that would be a huge turnaround for Clay Helton and that staff um, if they were able to do that and win out. But, well, they don't need to win out. They could still lose to Notre Dame, but uh, right. if they lose to Notre Dame, that's a disaster. Yeah, they'll be favorites against, you know, they're a big favorite against Oregon. They'll probably be big favorites against Notre Dame and, and UCLA or somewhat of a favorite, but they'll, they'll be probably a, be like a, a, they'll probably be a seven or eight point favorite over UCLA, I would guess, just because they'll factor in the rivalry stuff. Yeah. And then I think Washington will probably be up on them by, I think it'll probably be seven points. I yeah. don't think it'll be much more than that because it seems like the odds makers are very much respecting, uh, USC's surge recently. Yeah, so I mean, you got to go on the road. So we haven't seen Clay Helton do that on the road as an underdog, um, and win. I mean, that's just—it's just, it's just um, you know—it seems unlikely. Now, it certainly could happen, but until that does, if if USC goes on the road and beats Washington, I think you can start talking about that. But if you're going to assume, okay, well, USC can beat Oregon and UCLA, lose to Washington, and then Utah's got to lose two games and Colorado, you know, it's it's just a lot going in there. Um, but if they if they go on the road and beat Washington, it's more about if they win the South or not, that's just a different, it's going to be a different team, uh, overall, because if they're capable of going on the road and beating Washington, given the first pack to have lost, that says a whole lot about what, where this team is going. Yeah, absolutely. We got one last one from Anthony, uh, Ryan and Dave. The podcast is excellent. Thank you, Anthony. Yeah, that was great. Thanks. Yeah. I wanted to ask, how would 2016 Washington fare against 2015 Stanford and 2014 Oregon? And how would Washington fare against the other playoff contenders, Alabama, Michigan, and Clemson? I think Washington loses to Alabama and Michigan, but wins against Clemson. Thank you. Okay, so let's start with the first part. Um, how would this Washington team fare against, what was it, 2015 Stanford and 2014 Oregon? Yes. I think, 
Well, all right, if it's 2015 Stanford at the end of the season, I think they lose. I think Stanford by the end of last season was, you could make an argument they were the best team in the country by the end of that year. Um, well, not a great argument because Alabama, but you could make an argument they should have been in the playoff. Um, 2014 Oregon, we're talking Mariota. We're talking that explosive offense and a much better Oregon defense. I, I think that would be a, a, a very, very competitive game. I might take Washington in that one. But I think I like Stanford last year, especially the way they would have matched up against this team. I think it would have been a high-scoring affair, but I think I would take Stanford. Uh, what do you got? You know, to me, I, I agree with your analysis there, but I just don't know enough about this Washington team yet. You know, I I think if you want to ask this question at the end of the season, it's something, but we haven't yeah. seen them. If you think, okay, they beat Stanford or, or beat Oregon, but they, when they beat them, those teams weren't very good. We, you know, I don't know what we've seen these guys. You know, they had a big test against Utah and they, they passed it, but it wasn't like flying colors. You know, it was a good win no sure. matter what. Um, you know, Washington State, that'll be a tough one. But to me, Dave, I just haven't seen them. We've seen those other teams beat some really good teams. I haven't seen this Washington team do that enough yet for me. So I, I kind of would tend towards the 2015 Stanford team, 2014 Oregon team right now, just because I, I don't think I know enough. I think my gut says this is a really good team, but I want to see it throughout the season and, and see them finish and, and get a few good wins and, and that I'll know more. Yeah, I actually agree with that. Is that a cop out or is I don't know? Yeah, I'm going to reverse it and say, based off what we know right now, I think both those teams have went over this time, over this Washington team. But like to your point, um, we haven't seen this Washington team peak yet, you know, and how they look in three weeks might be a whole lot different than how they look right now. And they look pretty good right now. And they might end up looking like one of the elite teams in the country in a couple of weeks. This is still a very absurdly young team. Um, so it, uh, the, don't don't think about this as us downplaying Washington because this team's probably going to rule the Pac-12 for at least a few years here. And you know, for the playoffs, I mean, that's that's why we have the playoffs. We can see those. But <laughs> Alabama, I think, is going to be favored over everybody. I don't think anyone is going to, you know, they could favored lose. by a touchdown over everybody. Yeah, but I could see them beating Michigan um, for sure. I mean, Colorado, if uh, Sefa Lufau doesn't get hurt, I mean, they were winning that game early. That was oh, yeah. on the road. I, I think the, I think the Big Ten across the board is pretty overrated. Yeah. Um, so I could definitely see Washington handling Michigan and same thing with Clemson. They've not been the well-oiled machine that, you know, you kind of come, come accustomed to. They've had good spots, bad spots, but I could certainly see Washington beating them. Uh, from what I know about, you know, all these teams now. Um, but for, you know, I've seen Alabama in person and it's pretty darn good. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, if Washington's on the opposite side of that bracket from Alabama, I think they have a decent chance of, uh, of getting to the title game. Um, but if they're on the same side, they're going to have a tough time. Uh, I don't think they can. I mean, they could make a game of it with Alabama. I'm not like saying they have zero chance of winning that game, but, um, I, I think it, I think another year from now, this Washington team might be much better equipped to stand toe to toe with uh, the Alabamas of the world. Yeah. Well, we'll see, but, uh, I'm expecting big things out of this Washington team. Don't, I'm not trying to knock them or anything, but I just don't feel. It's not like they got a whole bunch of great wins on the on the uh, schedule right now. So, um, the Utah one was good. I think that's a step in the right direction. Uh, you know, they beat USC handily at home. They beat Washington State. They're like, okay, this. You know, they handled the teams that had most. You know, teams that had the most talent. The teams that were hot, whatever. I think they did that. This, 
you know, catching Oregon and Stanford, I think at the times that they did, um, you know, even playing Oregon today, it might be a different, you know, I think Washington still wins, but Oregon seems to be playing a little bit better at least. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I guess we should wind it up. How long did we go? This was, uh, like an hour and 20 minutes, probably. Ooh, hour and 24 minutes. So, uh, this was, you know, we, we stretched our legs a little, Dave. We let it all hang out and some good yeah, stuff. Yeah. That's what we did. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast of champions. That's David Woods. Uh, I am Ryan Abraham. Did you have anything else, Dave? No, no, no I had nothing else for you. Oh, I'm I am sorry. tapped out. I didn't want to like just end it and not have you. No, 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 no. Huh? no be, be for David Woods. Be Ryan Abraham. So for David Woods. This is Ryan Abraham. We are the Podcast of Champions. Hope you guys enjoyed our little show, and we will talk to you next time.